All right, everybody, welcome to episode three of the Watson and Alex show. You know, this week, Watson and I were talking a little bit about the product manager toolkit, right? And how can we go and reference stuff and pull stuff out of a bag and be like, hey, this is what I can use in this current situation that I'm in. And first, I want to say there's this podcast out there called Manager Tools, manager-tools.com. Go check it out. It's great for general management stuff, but something like the structure it gives you is really valuable. But I haven't found something like that to exist for product managers. There's some books about it, which we can review books, don't get me wrong, but nothing about audio and conversational. And so Watson and I want to try to start do, adding it to our series here, something about product manager tools. Yeah, I agree, Alex. As a product manager, the thing about it is that there's never a one-size-fits-all approach. You're in a different situation all the time. And so really it's a matter of building up a toolkit and then having that toolkit be at your disposal and being able to easily jump in, pick up a tool and use it at your advantage. So that's what I found, at least as I've gone through my career, it's just really about building up my toolkit, making it readily available and then deploying whatever makes sense. So, what, so yeah, I'm excited, for, I'm excited for this series. What do we, what do we put at the top of the list, right? You know, what's the most important thing somebody can do? What would you put as the top item that's most important for a PM to be able to deal with? You know, I would say it's trust and building relationships through trust. And the reason I say that is because someone told me this once and I loved it, but I think trust really is the product manager currency. And the reason that is, is because as a product manager and a product leader, but even as an individual contributor, product manager, fresh out of your career, your job is to lead from day one and your job is to lead through influence. You're actually no, no formal power, no formal power. It's, it's, it's the hardest part. It's the hardest part of the job. Yeah, exactly. And you don't have any direct authority. No one has to listen to you by you know, the way the job works, but to be effective, you need to be able to lead a team of engineers, of designers, data scientists. You also need to lead your stakeholders down towards a vision. It's not necessarily your vision, it's a vision that your team comes up with, but your job is to lead that team to get to that vision. And you can't do that. You cannot lead through influence if you don't have the trust of the people that you work with. And trust is really about relationship building. And so I think that's that's gotta be at the top of the list, Alex. I mean, I would agree. I think uh, I would agree like that relationship building, that trust element is there. I think that that idea of trust and, and being a currency I think is valid, but it's really about credibility for me, right? Which I, I think goes in the trust umbrella to be, to be honest. But for me, it's about that credibility. Do people believe you when you say, hey, I'm going to get this done for you? Or, hey, this is in the best interest of our customers and here's why. Or do you have a bunch of skeptics? I think that that's at the end of the day, how you can address that is like, is the room believe in you, right? And Watson, you talked about that, that meeting you sat in where you had a PM really command that meeting and it made you being like, wow, this is really cool. I want that job. You know, I, I think that's part of the gig, right? In order to gain alignment with a bunch of different people, all those different people have to believe in the direction that you're recommending they go in. So how do you do it? Like, what's your, what's your approach? What are some really big successes or failures that you've, you've dealt with? Or you know, have you ever recovered a fumble? I have a fumble story that I, I could definitely share. Yeah. So I sat in a meeting as a young professional seeing a product leader who had that trust. But yeah, I think it's great to start with when that trust erodes. And I've got, some, I've got plenty, plenty of battle stories to talk about. But one comes to mind. It was at Uber and there was a product manager. He outranked me by several levels probably. And he was a counterpart. So I think our team relied on his team for some infrastructure work. And our team 
we were moving fast. We were, we were a growth team and we had a lot of bugs. And there was a point in which this other product leader felt like we were being too reckless or careless. And rather than coming directly to me, he escalated that issue to my manager. The, the, the go around, the no respect for, for your position. Gotta love that. And we, we, we lost trust in each other and our, and our actually it wasn't just the PMs, the entire it was, the engineers were losing trust in each other as well. And it was a problem because we couldn't just avoid each other. We had to work together. And I think that's the biggest lesson that I learned. All I wanted to do with that situation was avoid. I'm not a really confrontational person. It was a big company. I was thinking, how do I just get away from this person? But what, what we ended up doing, and it wasn't necessarily my idea, it was my team's idea, but we were, we had like a, a relationship scorecard. We were like, this is our, this relationship, this team, this product manager is like the worst it could be. So we have to fix this and it has to be a priority. And so what I ended up doing was just over communicating everything that we possibly were doing. I went over, I went over to his building, you know, multiple times a week, made an impression that, Hey, look, we're taking this seriously. I want to make sure that you know that we're taking FaceTime. We, we gave him a lot of yeah, FaceTime. Face yeah. And zooming out, that's, that is what you know, it took a while. It took several months, but at the end we actually ended up having a really great relationship. And, and I think it was about, you know, admitting over communicating, admitting when you make a mistake, taking the high road essentially. And, and creating FaceTime with somebody and, and repairing it that way. What's your, you said you mentioned you had a fumble. I'm oh, curious to oh hear yeah, ab absolutely. So, you know, this is early in my career and I was at Abercrombie and Abercrombie is, you know, similar to Uber, big org structures. And I do believe that some of these challenges that were these fumbles, I think are, are more typical to big organizations. I think smaller org, the more FaceTime you get with people and the easier it is to really build those relationships. But that aside, You've got minimal amounts of FaceTime with other people that you need dependency with. And the people that I had dependency on was an inventory management part of the organization. And at the time, I was trying to build a new tool that would help us source our orders better, so decide where to ship from. We had just activated Ship From Store, and so we could ship from 600 different stores in the country where we used to be able to only ship from two warehouses. And so we we're trying to figure out, like, how's best do we decide where to ship from? And we want to know how to make the most margin with this new capability. And inventory management was always upset. Like they were always upset at us about what we were doing, how we were doing it. They were saying, we're constantly having to backfill these areas. And, and so I, I walked into the meeting saying, hey, help me understand what you need for this new tool, right? And immediately got the turnaround of, well, you made my life worse by putting the, the, the primary product in in the yeah. first place. <laughs> And so you've got this hostility and you're already there because you didn't listen to them in the first place, right? You listen right, to you're your- Right, you're trying to say something from a place yeah, of zero credibility. Yeah, and so and so you're walking in like, this person didn't care about us before. They're, they're probably doing this for posterity's sake. And so that was a challenge for me, right? That that was, and, and it was a clear fumble. And that's a mistake on my part is it, taking for granted an impacted party and doing better dependency mapping. So I, I do think one of the things- one tool to really have out there is 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 good dependency mapping to really think about that and, and get help from other people like, all right, what is this going to do to the business? What's going to do the customer and which teams are responsible for those things? But that's where How I did fumbled. you repair that? How did I repair that? FaceTime. It, it also was FaceTime, Watson. No, no joke. I spent at least an hour a week with them discussing what we were doing, how we were approaching the problem, and the progress we were making and the timelines that we were on. And within those, I was asking for feedback constantly. 
Would you do things differently? Does this address the problem? Are we using the right metrics? What other ways can we better support this? And just constantly trying to build that direct line of communication. That was it. That's how I fixed that. And ultimately they mm. ended up liking me because they were like, oh, well, this person will actually do something for me and deliver for me, which I think is the, the way to build that credibility and the trust is to do what you say, right? For me, it was, is built, building trust takes FaceTime, which, you know, it's, I think it's a little tougher in the remote world to do that. Then that's why I'm a, a high recommendation of some kind of in-person world. When we were at Zeus, we, we make, went out of our way to do on-sites because that, that's important to, to build those relationships that way. And, you know, you can you know, read people a little better, but that's what happened to me. How would I approach it today? I don't know. I mean, what are the best ways, I guess, I'll, Watson, I'll ask you the question, maybe I'll, and I'll, and I'll get it back if we have time, but what are some of the best ways for you, Watson, to start at a new company, right? A lot of our PMs out there that might be listening might be fresh at this or, you know, they're starting a new job. You know, we talked about how to repair something, which is just a lot of FaceTime and a lot of doing what you say. But how do you start from the beginning without breaking anything and building some trust when there isn't already a perception? Yeah, and that's incredibly important because as a product manager, again, you got to lead through influence immediately. And so how do you do that? Someone once told me this quote too, and I don't remember exactly who it was, but they said, if you and I can both do it, I do it. So basically the, the premise I is- I love that. Say that again. That if you and I both If you do and it, I can both do it, I do it. And that's, yeah. I think the, the key that the person was saying to me was basically that engineers have specific skills. And if you and I, if you and an engineer can do both do some, so the same, or could both do something, let's say it's like send an email, then you better do it because then the engineer spent time doing the things you can't do, which is write code. But I think that applies to really any relationship. And the point is basically that you come into a new place, look around you, whether it's engineers, the designers, the data scientists, the stakeholders, whatever. If they're having problems, if they have pain points, if, they, if they're doing work they don't want to do, Go ahead and do a little bit of that work. Do that groundwork. Take that groundwork away from them. A little bit not of hazing. You learn. A little bit of hazing yeah, in there, not right? A little <laughs> hazing. Yeah. You'll learn. Yeah, you'll learn a bit. Of, but you'll also demonstrate the willingness to roll up your sleeves and, and do groundwork and help relieve pain. That's a great way to earn trust. That's what I found, at least. How about yeah, you? How about, I, I mean, you should I, probably I, do it quick because we're at almost at time here. <laughs> I would agree. By building credibility, people have to see you work and, and deliver, right? And so I think it goes in that umbrella. And yep. usually when you do work that no one else wants to do and you come in and you help them out, you build some goodwill. I would say you build that goodwill, which which gets your foot in the door to continue the conversation. But for me, when I enter an organization, I'm usually asking as I'm meeting from my boss, like, hey, who are my key people? But when I meet those key people, I ask them, who are your key people that I should talk to? That's my that's my magic trick mm -hmm. question in my toolbox. I'm I'm not just taking the people my boss gave me to meet. But those people I'm asking, well, who should I meet and learn about that really imp impacts your world? And so you can start to build that little web, that little web around like, all right, these are the key people my, my boss says are here at this new business, who is key to them? And then you can start to see how the information flows and that can really help you to do it. And you're going to yell at me and say time because we're over. We are over time, but that's, I love that too. And yeah, following that tree of connections just makes total sense. It's all about meeting the right people and uh, setting the right tone from day one. So yeah, that wraps up time for us. Uh, this was the first episode in a series about building up your product manager toolkit. We talked mostly about relationship building, trust and credibility. I hope you all enjoyed that. Thank you for joining. If you have comments or questions, please leave them. We wanna hear from you and Alks. And yeah, I'd love to hear other people's stories. Who who else has a really bad fumble? Yeah. That that I would love to see people's fumbles and, and how they repaired them. I've heard 
Some people have repaired fumbles with concert tickets. Just saying. Money works sometimes. Money works. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. I'll talk to you later and see everyone next week.